Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. edition NFL divisional round edition whatever you want to call it it's Friday we're on it's 8 a.m. everyone I'm Chad Wilson he's Emil Calamino we're going to talk NFL and college football here for the next 45 minutes yes a little shorter podcast today but uh, we're here we're on are we ready Mr. Calamino I just want to know am I here am I like on the show you are indeed on the show and uh, we wow. got to, I mean, listen, you've all forced us uh, into this picking all of the games this week. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if that's the right thing to do here. I got some well, games that probably should be picked. There are, you know, th- these games this week, you know, they're challenging because they set up some, you know, when we get to them, we'll talk about it, some interesting Point spreads, I mean, you know, on principle alone, we'll talk about that whole thing in that New England game. I mean, God almighty, it's a playoff game, and I don't know what the spread's at now. I didn't look this morning, but it was 16 when I looked earlier this week, and I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I know it's New England, but, I mean, 16 or 15, whatever it ends up at, this is a playoff game. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> um, and, and, and we're talking about, what are we, what are we looking at here, three rematches? Are they all rematches? All of them are rematches. I mean, if you go through the games this week, uh, Seattle and Atlanta played that famous Richard Sherman pass interference game earlier in the year, 26-24 Seahawks up in Seattle. New England with Jacoby Brissett uh, just absolutely dusted Houston at home, 27-0. The Steelers waxed the Chiefs in Pittsburgh, 43-14. And, of course, the Cowboys went into Lambeau and beat the Packers 30-16 to earlier this year. So we've got four rematches here in these divisional games. Yeah, um, absolutely uh, just not what you want. New England is a monster favorite at 15 uh, over. And is right they should be. I mean, they destroyed these people with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um, that's like the third string guy. That's like the practice squad guy that came up. And uh, they went out and murdered these guys. Well, they were properly motivated and, and angry back then, if you, if uh, you know, if we can remember. <clears throat> so I don't know. I don't know what to make. We'll, well I mean, you know where that that spread gets a little dicey, and we'll, you know, obviously we'll break this down in the game section. Um, no what you want to say about Houston, you know, they've got a, a very good defense. I mean, when you play with an offense like that for a complete season. The Houston Texans, for you folks out there, have scored the least number of touchdowns for a playoff team since like 1938 or something. It's some they scored like 25 touchdowns this season. 
Now, on the NFL, that's so pedestrian. I mean, twenty. That's a, that's a touchdown and a half a game in this league where, where basically they encourage you to score. They give you 50-yard penalties, okay? And they yet are in this these playoffs with the number one defense yardage-wise in the league. That's pretty impressive when you think about what that what's been put on that defense this season. Well, what in the world do you think happened in that first meeting? Well, again, I mean, you know, the pro, I didn't see the whole game. I remember it was a I believe it was a Sunday night game. I mean, yeah, what, what happened? The defense, the defense wore down, man. I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, you're out there all game. I mean, you, you, they didn't score. <laughs> I think we got that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't score. I mean, 27 nothing. it doesn't matter. You could have played quarterback for New England and they would have won. Yeah, well, you know, um, hopefully it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, they can I heard the conditions from a wind perspective are supposed to be gusty winds up in New England, which usually affects scoring in the game more than temperatures. Fans tend to concentrate on temperatures, but if you really look at games where they have trouble scoring, it's because of wind because you have more trouble passing the ball. The temperatures with the stuff out today and the gear these guys wear, it doesn't really affect the scoring as much as fans think it does. They, the fans, but if you get some wind up there, I mean, if I was Houston, I'd be cheering for gusts of wind because, you know, if you're if you're Houston, your only chance to compete in this game is if it's played in a phone booth. You know, you got to hope that you could just get these guys down in the mud and catch a few breaks because, you know, if it, you know, otherwise, I just, you know, I don't see how they compete. You know, even if they start off well, they just they don't score enough. I mean, it's simple, and the Patriots don't give up points, so it's a bad formula. Yeah, they have some dude named Brock Osweiler at quarterback. Well, we'll get more into the analysis and predictions on these games. Um, Amos, something very interesting came up as I was uh, as I as I was surfing the net today, and uh, man, this the game of football has been under attack for the last uh, I would say two or three years. Would you agree with that? The game's been under attack. Oh, and, it's yes, it's been under attack. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, here's a story that's, you know, I, I want to see how much press this gets. Uh, kind of buried here on ESPN, <clears throat> released at 2.30 a.m. Uh, this morning. So, you know, not high traffic time, but here's one of the icons of the NFL. Um, someone who many believe to be the best athlete to ever put on a helmet and play in the National Football League. And he comes out and says, I tell my kids to play any sport aside from football. Did you see that story with Bo Jackson? I did see that story. I, don't, I, I Listen, you, you're probably talking to the wrong guy with stuff like this. This is a pet peeve of mine in many areas of life. Um, as a business guy, I, you know, what this reminds me of is very similar to what I see in business. Um, you know, where a guy like, say, a T. Boone Pickens, okay, he made billions, billions you know, on oil and gas. And then all of a sudden, one day, he decides when he's 80 years old and worth billions of dollars that he's for wind now, even though there's, you know, the market on that is substantially less than oil and gas, but all of a sudden, he's for wind now. But he wasn't for wind when he was making billions, and that's kind of how I feel about Bo Jackson. It's like, you know, that's all well and good, Bo. That's nice. Now that you're, you know, you're famous, you you know, you're Bo Jackson. And it's an easy thing to say now because it's a straw man argument, as I say. He did play football, and he's relatively famous because of it. And, yes, I know he played baseball, but let's face it, we know Bo Jackson because he was a Heisman Trophy winner from Auburn. That's how we know him. 
And this is, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, would he've been, uh, would he become at least semi-famous as a baseball player? Probably as famous. I strongly doubt it. And uh, I'm kind of with you on that, Emil. It seems, uh, and, and you know, he's not the only one. You know, you get several football players um, that will reach the pinnacle in the sport. And by pinnacle, I mean uh, you've earned yourself a nice little sum playing the game. And then you turn around and say stuff like this. So, you know, I had someone when you were young trying to make it out of your circumstance um, and become famous one day was cutting hard into your opportunity and trying to take down that avenue for you, I don't think you would have felt too good about it. And that's exactly what Bo Jackson is doing right now. Now, mind you, Bo Jackson is on the sidelines watching all of these football games that he has now called uh, too violent and something he wouldn't allow his kids to do. Uh, I, I mean, how about that? Right there on the sidelines, Auburn cheering. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, again, I mean, maybe his heart's in the right place. I don't know. I don't think, I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy that's necessarily got a motive I just think sometimes people don't – everybody wants to get behind something these days. It seems like if you're famous, you know, if you're not behind something, a cause, or, a, or if you're not involved in politics, you know, you become irrelevant. So I don't know if maybe it's that or, you know, he's trying to do something. I don't think he's thinking it through. I mean, like you just said, you got a kid maybe in a bad circumstance, um, and that's his avenue out of it, and now all of a sudden here's – Bo Jackson's going to tell you – that well, I'd never play that sport if I had to do it again. But you did play it. It's it's a stupid argument. You can't change the past. You know, you're you're a fifty some year old grown ass man now. Well, who cares? You're famous. I mean, it's easy to say that now. Yeah, and the and the other part of this too is I, I'm not trustful of the media anymore. So uh, I'd almost have to watch the entire interview to see how this was asked and kind of match it up with the quotes because. You know, if you have an agenda to push, an angle to push, and then why, first of all, why even asking these questions? I'm, I strongly doubt you were a reporter walking in some area in which Bo Jackson was, and he reached out to you and grabbed your arm and said, hey, I'd never play this sport again. So you approached him, asking him these questions, and you did so because you had a certain angle or agenda you wanted to push. And so you may have gotten a number of quotes. You may have talked on a wide ranging things, and um, you took the ones that you wanted to fit the angle that you're trying to push here. So, I don't, you know, I'm not trusting it. But well, I mean, that's, you know, that's especially when you get to ESPN. I mean, ESPN, I've told you this a long time ago, it's become the political sports arm of, of Disney, ABC. I mean, you know, they push stories from with, with an angle, social angle, a lot of times. Uh, you know, it's less about the sports anymore, as far as I'm concerned, especially if you're not watching a game on ESPN, if you're watching anything other than a game, you're basically getting there. They're, they're trying to shape the society through sports. Some people like that. I don't care for it. I'm more old school. You know, when I watch sports, I want to watch sports. Um, and you're right. They probably push this a little bit. Who knows what they talked to him about and, and, and what context he said it in. But I will tell you this. I mean, you know, this whole thing with the concussions in football, of course it's serious. We don't want guys getting hurt. But, you know, you go study it. There's more concussions in soccer in high school than there is football from heading the ball. They're finding that out. Um, and like I said to you before on the show, every person and every, you know, until I see a study that says we started cutting open the heads of people that didn't play football, and here's the percentage that had CTE, and if it's zero – then maybe I'll say, well, okay, you know, that makes sense. But I haven't seen that yet, and maybe you have, and I'm missing it. But if you're if you're cutting open the heads of football players and saying, well, this guy had CTE, this guy didn't, 
Well, how do I know that people don't just get it without playing football? True. I mean, there's a lot of research left to be done. But, Emil, A, I have a two-part question for you. A, do you think this is a really big story? B, why do you think the game of football is under attack? I don't know. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'll tell you a little story, and and I'm going to twist it back to answer your question. I'm at a Christmas party this year. I don't know why I was invited. It was pretty wealthy people. You know, there's 500 people at this thing. And, my, my, you know, we knew the people from years ago. But, you know, it wasn't a place I should be running. <laughs> so I'm standing there. And there's a well-connected uh, Italian man in his 80s, uh, politically, but a, a regular guy, a guy you'd, you'd like to – he's just a funny guy. And he, he starts talking about World War II, and he says – I bombed Berlin 23 times, I'm proud to say. <laughs> okay, and I, I guess where I'm going with that is that's the attitude of that generation. We do not live in those times anymore. So um, football is a bit barbaric for the times we live in, or at least the way I feel. You know, it's different than when you and I were kids. Some of it's improved. I'm not, not everything that happened years ago is great, but I think we're soft as a country, and football is a perfect target because – it's it brings out you know there's a brutality to football that that people like i mean we love the games i mean we're not sitting there hoping anybody gets hurt but there's a certain gladiator aspect of football that bothers a lot of people that control the media in our society i don't think it bothers most people because when you look at stadiums on saturday afternoons and sundays they seem usually quite full but um you know it bothers some of these people that you know want to see more intelligent than than guys like us i guess decreased numbers um, at the youth levels. I know we're seeing it some down here in, in South Florida. This is probably the mecca for uh, youth football. And quite frankly, the numbers are down for kids um, signing up and playing tackle football. And I, I would imagine that if that's the case here in South Florida, it has to be the case across the country. So uh, something's going yeah. on there. You know, There's definitely – you're going to see the numbers decrease, but I don't think you're going to see the – the kids that can actually play, the kids that are good enough, they, the, the the guys you're coaching, I don't I don't know if those guys are going to stop playing. You may see the kid that you know was going to run around and get hit for a few years and you know probably not you know be great at it, choose a different sport just because hey well, you know Johnny you're not going to be a pro football player so you know why don't you go play soccer okay. Uh, from the watered-down product, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think, Chad, I think that we live in different times. we got to get used to it. Um, you know, I mean, even that Meryl Streep speech the other night, her exact comment was, you know, when she was going on about Trump, he wants to get rid of, you know, first of all, she she said the Hollywood people are outsiders. They're the outsiders now. Think about that. And he wants to get rid of us. And if he gets rid of us, then the only thing the people can sit around and watch will be football and MMA. Now that statement, see, I part, I listen to words. That statement tells me what she thinks about people who watch football and MMA for that matter. But she thinks we're dumb. We watch football. That doesn't mean you, you didn't vote for Trump. You like football. Are you dumb? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I guess so. Everyone has their opinion. Uh, now more than ever, uh, you get to voice it. There's so many avenues. Even the uh, common Joe gets to uh, 
lay it out there, and I just we're just going to have to learn how to deal with it. But, yes, Bo Jackson, um, who ran over and probably inflicted as much pain as anyone on the football field, says the game's too violent, so we'll just have to deal with that. Uh, before we get into these games, there's some NFL hires going on, uh, Amal, and, you know, some of them have left me a little bit surprised, uh, even though this is the NFL. The uh, Denver Broncos go with uh, Van Malone. You know, I, yeah, I know. Listen, the man the defense down here for, for the uh, Miami Dolphins, they weren't outstanding, so I don't know the guy, but hell, um, it's not a recycled name. We did make fun of that earlier this week, did we not? Yeah, uh, we did. It's not a recycled name, and so maybe, you know, Denver's been pretty solid, right, as far as hiring coaches and, and running their organization, so. Pardon? Uh, just in the general moves that they've made uh, with, you know, with the exception of what went on at quarterback, but that's a little bit out, you know, you had a, I don't want to call him a moron, but you, you had a guy in Brock Osweiler that couldn't see the forest from the trees, but by and large, they've made good moves. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I, let's. I like new guys getting a shot, and uh, and I, I trust Elway. I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy who panics. I mean, Denver's a great job to have. It's one of the five or six better organizations in the league where you definitely wouldn't mind being the coach. So I got to think that they did some due diligence, and the guy, you know, makes more sense than he might look make on the surface to you or I. Yeah, and, and then you know, also, um, how about? How about Mike McCoy, recently uh, fired from San Diego Chargers head coaching job, Mike McCoy, willing to come back and be the offensive coordinator at Denver. Must really like the town. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, McCoy always struck me as a guy that, that maybe that's that's his real niche. You know, like I think Wade Phillips figured that out, you know, in between before he got the Dallas job and after I think he realized, yeah, I'm I'm a great defensive coordinator. And maybe McCoy's in that realm of I'm a great offensive coordinator. So, yeah. so he, think, he struck uh, me as a nice guy in San Diego that was in over his head as a head coach. Uh, I'll go try the head coach thing and uh, didn't quite work out, maybe didn't like it. And, and like you said, yep, I'm going to uh, – a coordinator's what I am, and, and Denver seems to be the place to do that. And it looks like they could use me. Why not head back over there? Yeah, great, a great job. I mean, great place to live. Um, he, I'm sure he's getting paid well. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, just be, you know, some of the best people in life that I've ever been around, the most successful, know what they're good at and stick to it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Not every guy in a company wants to be the CEO. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm the best vice president of sales in the United States of America. That's what I want to be. I mean, not every person wants to be the CEO. Yeah, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, 30 years old. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, I, I mean, I'm, did anybody turn the Rams in yet? Because does this guy have his working papers? I mean, is he allowed to work yet? Oh, uh, man, listen. <laughs> he know, looks like he's 12. He, <laughs> I know, he, he rides on a bike to go places. But the Rams, interesting organization, to say the least, my friend. Listen, the Rams are, are slowly – and I'm not, not even slowly. They're like a freight train right now. They're passing the Raiders out. They may be, they may be the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't disagree right there. And, and and then we've got San Diego moving to Los Angeles. Is that a done deal? 
Uh, that's done over with. the The charger, uh, the chargers are going to need to fire the graphic designer and hire a lawyer, because I don't know if you saw their secondary logo that they they're using for their marketing. But it's basically they're getting abused. It's basically the Los Angeles Dodgers logo with a lightning bolt attached to the end of it. <laughs> well, why not? Why not, man? <laughs> Yeah, but they're they're actually getting abused by other organizations on Twitter. The Colts put up a a horseshoe and stuck a lightning bolt at the tip of one of them, and they said, we got you covered. There's minor league baseball teams doing it to their logo now. (laughs) Just abuse them. It's terrible. Yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know. And and then the Raiders are making noise. You know what? We'll have time for that. There's actually football that's going to get played here that we could, uh, you know, actually talk about before we get into all these other things. Like um, the Chargers logo, and will uh, the Oakland Raiders stay in Oakland? If I'm Oakland, okay, this is the last time that I'm dealing with this, okay? You guys leave Oakland this time. Don't ever come back. No, I agree with that. If they leave, they're done. I mean, they should never come back. They should go and do what they're going to do, and that's that. Yeah, you don't have a home here anymore. No, no. You know what? I mean – the NFL tried to give the Chargers a sweetener to stay in San Diego. I mean, like a kicker from the league as far as a payment because to, to make up for what they feel are lost revenues. They should probably redirect that to the Raiders and try to convince him to stay in Oakland. I think that the, when you get this much movement in the league, it's not good. I mean, we had the Rams relocate to L.A. last year. It's Chargers now to L.A. Uh, this will be the third franchise in, 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 a, in a year and a half. That's too much. I mean – it almost starts looking like the NBA. Remember how the NBA would get on those those little every so many, you know, they'd have one of those periods of time where it seemed like five teams would move at once. That's what this feels like. Yeah, well, they better get it together. All right, we need to talk about some games. Going to take a quick break when we get back. NFL divisional round analysis and prediction here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grits. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. 
Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not a Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Come on. My way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. Eight twenty-five here on a Friday, Gridiron Stud Show, NFL Divisional Round upon us. Uh, football season flew by, Amo, but. You know, as we talked in the opener, we've got four games here, all four featuring rematches. I don't remember the last time when something like that has happened. But nevertheless, let's dive into this thing. Um, Seahawks taking on the Falcons. Emil, um, I'll go first on this one. Listen, the Seahawks have not been the dominant team that they've been in the years, uh, in the year that they won the Super Bowl, uh, in the year that they went to the Super Bowl and lost it on the final play. Um, and, and so it would lead many to want to fall into this whole thing of back in the Falcons on this one, who are 11 and five, had an amazing season, um, put up a whole bunch of points. Folks love offense. I think Vegas is playing into that with a line of, um, you know, Atlanta minus five here. I don't, it's not often you can get a team like the Seahawks, uh, as an underdog, uh, more than three points. And I think just off that alone, I'm liking the Seahawks in this one. Yes, they have uh, they've, they've missed Earl Thomas at safety. Uh, but, you know, the last time the Falcons played the Seahawks in Seattle, they were missing Cam Chancellor. So you're trading one in back out for the other. Folks, I think, might be making a little bit too much of what the Falcons were able to do late in that game. Maybe they found a little something. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Seattle, too, is looking at it. I think in their mind, Seattle looked at that game against Atlanta the first time as a loss. Uh, it didn't end up being that, but in their mind, I think they took it as a loss. I think that's how that organization is run. I think that's how much pride that defense has. And, uh, I, you know, while we had a high-scoring game in the first meeting between these two teams, I think we're looking at a lower-scoring contest, and that plays into the hands of the Seahawks. Uh, this is probably a field goal game. might end up being the best game of the weekend in terms of, you know, fan value and plot twist. But uh, I'm going to back the Seahawks as a five-point underdog in this one. Well, I was torn on this game all week. Um, I'm going to arrive at, I'll tell you straight up front, I'm going to arrive at the same answer as you, but with a different process. I I like the Seahawks as well, plus five. I think this game is going to be high scoring again, by the way. Um, It's on a fast track. It's inside. But here's the thing I like about Seattle in this game. To blow a team out, especially in a playoff game, you need to play some defense, okay? You need to play some defense. You need some stops usually. 
If Seattle can go in there and not kick the ball around and help Atlanta, I don't know if Atlanta can get enough stops to just blow Seattle out of there. Because if you look at Atlanta, it's not like they have a mediocre defense. They have a bad defense. I mean, it's the bottom, you know, third of the league um, in points allowed, yards. And, you know, Russell Wilson is a little bit underrated because he doesn't have the weapons that maybe, uh, you know, Matt Ryan does. But I think, you know, a guy like him in that kind of game, he's fine with, you know, getting outside the pocket, making plays. I just think there's – you're asking a lot of a team like Atlanta to blow out Seattle when they just they they don't seem interested in defense. And you know, I, I just I think Seattle's like you said, well coached, well run organization. Um, they'll make some adjustments. And again, I'm like you. I think this is a field goal game one way or another. Um, and you know, I just can't lay that many points against a good club like Seattle, who's been there every year now for the last three or four years. I just don't see Atlanta, like I said, doing enough defensively to blow them out of there. Yeah, I really like what I saw to Thomas Rawls, um, you know, at the end of the season, and I think he's going to be big in this game. The reason I think it's a little scoring is that Seattle uh smart enough to know they don't want to get into that kind of contest again. I don't like Seattle, um, and, you know, winning straight up or point spread-wise if it turns into a shootout. I just think Atlanta has them there. So, We'll have to see on that. We're both feeling uh, the Seahawks plus five on this one. Um, Texans and the Patriots, I'll let you go first on that one. Okay, this line right now sits at 15 and a half, and I'm going to be simple with you. On principle alone, I can't lay 15 and a half points um, in in a playoff game, so I've got to take Houston. Um, I've got to feel that they looked at that first game a little bit. They're going to make some adjustments, of course, you would hope, or otherwise, you know, (laughs) same result, but um, they need to play very conservative this game, lean on their defense. Uh, if they go out there and start throwing the ball around and turning it over, yeah, the score will be 41 nothing. But I think O'Brien's smart enough to realize, listen, I can't win this game going up and down the field. So he's got to run the ball. He's got to run clock. He's got to shorten the game. When you're getting 15 and a half points, that back door is open all day. I mean, for New England – to really make you feel comfortable in that fourth quarter, they have to have a 24 point lead. Yeah. My God. I mean, if you know, it's, even if it's 21 points, it could be 31, 10 and, and, and you, you end up walking in the back door. So just on principle, I, I've got to take the Texans plus 15 and a half points. Yeah. Well, boring for our listeners, but I'm going to come to the same conclusion on this game. Um, listen, I know New England's a well-run machine, a well-run organization full of self-motivated uh, participants from the quarterback to the head coach and everyone else that falls under um, the regime and the rule and the iron fist of Bill Belichick. But listen, the last three weeks, 16-3, to 41-3, 35-4 teams, been a while since they've had a competitive contest. They're going up against a team that they absolutely dominated without their uh, main guy there at quarterback. And I just for some reason, feel like New England's going to have an eye on who they play next. It's going to be difficult for them to be at the peak level uh, motivation-wise in a contest like this, whereas I think Houston's going to be uh, mighty jacked up for this one, um, looking to slay a juggernaut. And uh, I, I think Bill O'Brien's a good enough coach to do the things here and there that he needs to to try and stay within striking distance in this game. And I think it's going to be kind of nip and tuck uh, all the way through this contest, and um, I don't know if it'll be a back door. If anything, I think it'll be a uh, a close game in which 
And then, you know, I could see like a 13 to 7 game. New England scores a late TD, makes it 20 to 7, 19 to 7. And, uh, you know, it's a strong, ends up being on paper a strong win for New England, but not point spread wise. 15 and a half uh, given to a team that was blown out by, you know, and that was actually shut out in the earlier meeting. Um, just looks like enough motivation for me to, to, to grab over two touchdowns. Uh, on the points yeah, and I'm not saying it's a backdoor either, by the way. I'm just saying that it's there for you. And, you know, I look at, when I look at a game like this, I also think, you know, there's been talk about O'Brien potentially being fired there. Why, I don't know. Um, if they didn't advance in the playoffs, which they did. Pardon me? I think he wants to get fired. Like, hey, listen. He may, um, he may want to get fired, but when I look at him, I, I, I say, here's a guy, if he doesn't want to get fired, he may have an eye to the scoreboard. And I don't mean like, you know, that's the way he's going to start coaching the game. But at the end of a game, if it's 20 to 7 and there's four minutes left and he's got three timeouts and he's on his own 24th and 10, he may punt that ball for you rather than letting Houston, you know, New England get a cheapie and make the score look worse. I mean, in other words, I think he may have some eye to the optics of how they lose this game if they lose it. So just a little something I'm saying psychologically, and that's me guessing, uh, uh, trying to handicap it a little bit for you. I, I, I just think he, if he doesn't want to get fired, since there are only so many NFL jobs, he may have a little eye to, to, to the scoreboard. Yeah, not the greatest game this weekend. Probably, uh, probably going to be the least watched of these four Let me games. ask you something, by the way. Are you surprised? Uh, you know, the two primetime slots this weekend are obviously the 8:30 Saturday game and the 4.30 Sunday game. And it seems to me that, you know, the only reason this game is in the 8.30 slot is because New England's playing and they, they're hoping they can piggyback off that fan base because, frankly, I'd have Seattle-Atlanta in this slot. Yeah, uh, 100% star power, um, which is one of the reasons why you do pay uh, your quarterback the, the way that you do in the NFL. So it's really about Tom Brady. I can guarantee you if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be the starter for this game, uh, and the game would have been at 4.30 on Saturday. So uh, this is a Tom Brady slot right here, and that's exactly what you get. It's not Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. The game might be played tonight. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just get it over with yeah. already. <laughs> hey, next game we have Kansas City. You you, you go here. What do you think? They're a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. <laughs> be easy for me. Uh, I'm going with Kansas City. Kansas City's at home, one of the toughest places to play. Um, they were humiliated in the first meeting. And so, um, you know, in, in my eyes, I just can't see um, Pittsburgh coming out and doing that again. And if, if we're asking ourselves which one of these teams are going to be the more motivated teams in this contest, it's absolutely going to be Kansas City. Uh, perhaps the line's a little fishy at one and a half, but I'll bite the cheese here. Um, I don't think the line is fishy. I'll tell you why. The Steelers have really come on strong, Chad. I think the line is probably where it needs to be based on the first blowout and the fact that whatever the Steelers have won now five, six games in a row. I don't know. But, um, you know, there's a couple things. I want to pick the Steelers here. I'm an old school guy, kind of like you. I, I, you know, there's certain Super Bowls you mentally set up, and, you know, getting the Steelers in there against my team would be exciting if I could, could work it through my mind on both sides. But um, I'm with you on this. It's boring for me, for the audience. But I like Kansas City minus one and a half. A couple things. All the things you said I think are spot on, of course. Then I look and I say last week there were some things watching that Steeler-Dolphin game that got lost as the Steelers kind of dominated them. Um, Roethlisberger's been throwing a few more picks this year. I noticed that. Um, he threw a couple up that didn't hurt him against the Dolphins. 
Kansas City is a team that leads the league in takeaways or is right near the top, very opportunistic. If he does that here, it will hurt him. And here's a stat you just cannot discount. In his coaching career, non-Super Bowl, because that doesn't count, both teams get a bye. Coming off a bye week, okay, Andy Reid, where he's got the bye, of course, and the other team doesn't, his teams, the Eagles and Chiefs, are 18-2. and Now think about that. That tells me this guy self, yeah, he self scouts. That means he gets away from tendencies those weeks that he has off. He uses them to self scout his own team. I think the Chiefs will do things here that the Steelers didn't even come close to seeing in the first game because of that bye week where he had extra prep time to really take apart that first game and say, what, what can I do to really screw the Steelers up? So I mean, at home, I, I'm like you. I have to take the Chiefs here. Yeah. Uh... Some good points that you make there. And, and where is Pittsburgh? It's like there's always something, it seems, this week. I mean, uh, this year with Pittsburgh. If it's not Antonio Brown getting fined, um, it's Le'Veon Bell coming off of, you know, suspension, uh, or Ben's hurt, or now Joe Porter um, gets arrested or whatever. I, I mean, it's always something. And, and know, by the way, you know, they're trying to downplay the Ben in the walking boot after the game last week. Um, and, and and that makes sense. You, of course, you're going to downplay it, but I'm going to tell you something. That's something to keep an eye on here. If he doesn't have his mobility, that's one of the things that you know people lose with Ben Roethlisberger. For a big guy that looks a little bit overweight, he moves yeah, around he, in that pocket. Yeah. So it's something to yeah. keep an eye on. I, I, I'm like you. I just like the Chiefs at home here. I think Arrowhead's rocking and the Chiefs get a win. Yeah, you and I both agree on that. So that brings us to this final one. Maybe this, hey, listen, we just get a natural little build-up to this thing here. Packers and Cowboys, um, you're going first on this one. Give me your thoughts. Ten and six Packers, Cowboys thirteen and three. It's a rematch from an earlier game. Well, talking about the Cowboys for me is like talk. You and you have to talk about the Florida Gators. This, you know, the last year and now going forward with your other son. Um, there's always a side of me that doesn't want to jinx them. <laughs> you know, I know I'm a goofy fan, but you know, I look at this game and I think, as well as Rodgers has played quarterback for seven weeks, and he's played as at a high as high a level as he's ever played. There's some things I think the media is building up here to make this game what I think is better than it really is. Um, the Packers are totally beat up on defense, linebacker, and in the back of their defense. Uh, you know, there's nothing to indicate to me unless Dallas comes out and kicks the ball around that the Packers are going to have any success stopping Dallas. I mean, the first game, Des Bryant didn't even play, and they hung 30 on them in Lambeau, and they were healthier. And now they come here without Jordy Nelson, most likely, one-dimensional, don't want to run the ball, no, not going to run it. And people are just saying, well, Rodgers will carry them. He's great. But he's one guy. It's a team sport. I'm taking Dallas minus the five. I just, I, I think that you know the Rodgers train is getting full. Well, how's this for some? Uh, how's this for some drama? We agree on three games, and on this one involving your team, we disagree. Emil, I was all prepared to take the Cowboys um, as as favorites in this game without knowing the line coming into um, into the playoffs. Because you know, although I picked the Giants last week, I knew good and well there was a strong chance that the Packers could be the ones. Them at some point, and you would think that this would be 
the area in which or this would be the point at which they would fall flat on their face with that. But Amon, watching Aaron Rodgers last week, if he could do anything close to what he was doing in that game, and I was watching that game as a as a guy who coaches defense, extremely difficult um, on that defensive side of the ball to to deal with what it was Aaron Rodgers was doing. Um, extending plays for four, five, six uh, on one touchdown, uh, eight seconds is absolutely brutal on any defense. If I had a criticism, it was that the Giants maybe needed to blitz more. I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys aren't a blitzing team. They're not the same team in the back half uh, as, as, as the New York Giants. They certainly don't have the same type of secondary. So I'm, I'm really concerned for Dallas' pass defense. If Aaron Rodgers is able to move around in a pocket like that and dance around and, and find guys open, and uh, that's my biggest concern in this contest. When they met the first time, the Cowboys absolutely ran all over Green Bay, 191 yards rushing, 30 points put up. Green Bay is going to have something cooked up for that. Um, maybe they don't have the personnel, but I, I feel like they're going to have to bring something out of left field. It's going to be a bit of an adjustment for Dallas. Um, I don't know that the Cowboys can rush for 191 yards again. It's going to be something south of that. And uh, we're looking at a, a, a closer game there. Can the Packers win it? I think there's going to be a lot of drama in this game. Um, I don't like Dallas as a favorite of over three points in this contest. So I'm actually backing the Packers on this one. Maybe it's another field goal game. Maybe the Cowboys get by by the, uh, the, the hair of their chin. I, I'm just – I got to take Green Bay based on what I saw them doing last week with the four-and-a-half points. Uh, you have that bias that's called you, the last thing you saw. I forget the technical term for it. Yeah, call, yeah you, can, you can throw that on me. You can throw that on me uh, if you want. Well, I mean, but, uh, at least you'll have a three-and-one week, Chad. It won't be bad. Three and there's, there's nothing wrong with three-and-one. The Cowboys just went nuts running the football. I can't see Green Bay allowing that again. I just can't see it. Well... We're going to see. That's why they're going to play 440 Sunday. Get your ass on the couch. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I got two. Well, listen, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously interested in that Seahawks-Falcons game, but that Sunday lineup, Steelers, Chiefs, Packers, Cowboys, as a, as a football fan, you can't ask for anything better than that. Uh, those are just oh, no, I've already time. donated my Saturday to the wife. I told her, listen, whatever you want to do, I'm willing to see bits and pieces and travel wherever we're going or, you know, listen on the radio. Because even though I do, I am interested in the Seahawks-Atlanta game, I feel like I'll be home enough to see most of that. She could take me where she wants at night. I can miss the New England-Texans game because I'm not missing anything on Sunday. Yeah, I've uh, turned myself in for Saturday night uh, for an event. So I've uh, I've, I've checked in. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, that's what you do when you see people are listening to the show that aren't married guys. You have to understand there's there is a method to your madness when you get married. You you have to check in at some point in the weekend. So you got to look at that lineup and say, well, if I'm going to miss anything, it's New England and the Texans. <laughs> yeah, Sunday uh, don't look for me. Uh, so you know Steelers and Chiefs, yes. Packers and Cowboys. You know where I'm at. Exactly yep. right there on the couch taking in every moment of this. And it'll make fun for discussion uh, when we get back on on Monday. And we're going to leave it there, all right? I, not a whole lot.
going on college football wise for us to, uh, to to jump on that today. We'll save it. We'll see if something big comes out. Someone gets fired. Someone gets hired. Or you know, we can. Well, all we're going to rely on you a little bit with your connections. I mean, I think what's really coming up is February first is that thing we call signing day. Uh, today is Friday the thirteenth, by the way, January the thirteenth. So we're only less than geez three weeks away. And I know that you you're pretty good with knowing uh, these guys at different schools, and maybe you can get us some information, or we can talk a little bit about that as it comes up. You know, where some of these guys who are making last minute visits, uh, some of these the, you know the higher uh, ranked players are going. Although, like I tell you, and you tell the audience all the time, I try not to get too wrapped up in that star rating because I I was telling a guy last week. I said, by the way. Uh, when USC quarterback Sam Darnold arrived at USC, he was a three-star recruit, kind of an afterthought behind Ricky Town, who has since transferred to Arkansas, and he might not even be there now. I'm not even sure. So, Yeah, I, 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 listen, certainly for uh, those listening to this, whether it be live or you're listening to the archive version of this show, recruiting roundtable is coming up uh, this week. Next, Well, let me say next week since this is Friday. Recruiting roundtable on which I have of reporters from 247, um, as well as scout and and rivals on to talk about the very thing that you've mentioned, where guys going, what are they hearing. Uh, Looking forward to get back on that and touching on recruiting issues and topics. So that'll be the uh, story for us um, coming up next week. As like Amos said, we're moving closer and faster to um, signing day. So it's the off-season run coming. But for now, folks, enjoy the uh, playoff games this weekend, uh, awesome slate on Sunday, a couple of games on Saturday, so look forward to that and enjoy the weekend. We want to thank you all for listening to the show today. Appreciate you coming on and listening to uh, us agree on and then disagree on that major, major game on uh, Sunday. We'll see how that unfolds. For Emil Calamine, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your football weekend. See you guys Monday. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.